So I say thank you for the music, the songs I'm singing. Thanks for all the joy they're bringing. Who can live without it? I ask in all honesty. What would life be without a song or a dance? What are we? So I say thank you for the music. For giving it to me. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and children of all ages, welcome to the latest edition of Jacob's Bipolar Adventures. Hi, hello lads and lasses, welcome back to the podcast, our returning champions, and uh, and our newcomers, uh, welcome back to Jacob's Bipolar Adventures. Hmm, that might be the most professional way I've said it yet, I don't know, I'm becoming a distinguished broadcaster, um... Uh, the podcast itself is raking in the money, of course. I'm just rolling in the dough as uh, as Jacob's Bipolar Adventures become everyone's adventures. Uh, you know, uh, everybody, uh, the boys down in the lab, they tell me that uh, the money just keeps uh, pouring in and they're just, uh, you know, starting to drown in the stockpile uh, that is similar to what Scrooge McDuck dives into, and I tell them the solution is just to burn it. <laughs> to steal the solution that Conan O'Brien uh, has for his people. He just says, burn it. Um, you know, we're running out of room. We have no more places to put it. Which doesn't make sense because we live in a digital age where you can just take it to the bank and shove it in their face and they're like, Ooh, who is this from? And you go, me. Put it under me and make it digital. And then they're like, oh, gladly. And um, and you don't have to burn it. <laughs> but the boys in the lab, they say they're drowning. And I said, swim your way out. It's gold coins. Surely you can swim your way out. I dive into it every day. And then I kiss every gold coin as if it were my first love. That never happens. I am not rich. <laughs> this podcast is not necessarily the most lucrative venture in the world. But I do enjoy it very much. So... Uh, how are you? Are you enjoying things very much yourself? I do hope so. Um, how is your week going? How are the kids? How's the wife? How's the husband? Uh, how's the no one? <laughs> hey, you know, there are those who just go home and they are with them, themselves. And, and a lot of them are just fine that way. Um, you know, you don't have anybody telling you, are you seriously watching 30 Rock all the way through for the eighth time? And it's like, yeah, I seriously am. And one day, it could be the 16th time. 
I hope you find another series to watch before then. But uh, even Tina Fey would hope that. Um, you know, I binged watched to catch up on all the episodes of uh, Mr. Mayor. Um, it's wonderful. It's like, you know, uh, you know, 30 Rock has been over for some time. They did the reunion episode, which I enjoyed. Uh, but, you know, it's over. It's, it's never going to be back. Um, and it would exhaust Tina to do it again. And we had uh, The Good Place, and it was such a wonderful show. Such a good comedy with um, a lot of uh, fun philosophical and religious aspects to it. It was a really good show. And, but it's over, and we're not going to get another season of that. Uh, we, we won't, uh, I don't think that we should even get a reunion episode from it. Um, you know, uh, the end was the end. Why would, why, why would we ever get a reunion episode? It wouldn't be appropriate. But we got Mr. Mayor, and so we've got Ted Danson in a show with a, a fun, diverse cast. Uh, we've got Tina Fey back at the helm. And I'm not sponsored by this show. <laughs> this isn't a lucrative business deal for me. But hey, uh, uh, Tina or, or uh, Mr. Danson, uh, if you guys or anybody who knows these guys uh, or, uh, you, know, uh, you know, if you're listening, I... I uh, I'd love to, you know, my people, your people, can we, let's get together. I don't have people. The boys down the lab are drowning in a lack of coins. <laughs> they're actually walking out the door as they're saying, you know what, we, we signed up to volunteer for like a day. We're not going to be your unpaid interns since uh, December up to this point. And, and fair enough. <laughs> so, uh, you know, your people call me and we'll see what we can do. But anyway, which I say a lot. <laughs> but anyway, we don't have time to dilly or dally. But Mr. Mayor is a fantastic show. And I binged watched it and caught up on that. So, it's time to move on to other shows. Uh, and um, speaking of moving on with things, um, I have noticed that I have had some podcasts, some episodes within this podcast that have been kind of hefty, haven't they? They've, they've, you know, I've always strived, striven, to give you episodes that either, you know, in very factual uh, and black and white terms, uh, you know, list the symptoms of bipolar disorder and the types thereof um, and how it relates to myself with my type, how it can affect others with their type, uh, I have uh, gotten things off of my chest. I have introduced you to a world of 
how it looks through the lens of a bipolar. Uh, we've talked about political things, all that sort of stuff. And it can get heavy after a while. And it's gotten heavy up to this point, too. Uh, very heavy. So, I need something to lift me up. I need to pick me up. And you do, too, I would imagine. Um, so, being that today is Wednesday, it does not escape me. That is the hump day, the hump, hump to bump to bump, hump dump to bump to bump, hump, hump to bump day. Um, and I just made a meal out of hump day. <laughs> I just made a meal out of that. And I'm not ashamed to say that I made a meal out of that. It was a lot of fun. Um, for some people, your glass is half full or your glass is so, you know, it's brimming over. It's probably about to, you know, pour all over the place and you're going to get the table wet and uh, you need a coaster and some napkins. But for other people, the glass is not half full. It's, it's half empty. And if you knocked it over, you wouldn't make too much of a mess and they wouldn't care anyway. Um, George Carlin once made a, a joke that, you know, uh, people like to say, you know, oh, TGI Fridays, oh, TGIF, ha ha ha, and I don't want to make fun of TGI Fridays, even though their food is insufferable. I don't want a sponsorship from TGI Fridays. Um, God help us. Uh, but he made a joke <laughs> that, uh, you know, he wanted to make a restaurant chain or a bar, a chain of bars called, um, uh, holy shit, it's only Wednesday. How would that not be popular? You just get off of work, you go over to your favorite bar, holy shit, it's only Wednesday. Because, you know, you're looking at the clock and you're thinking to yourself, why is it only Wednesday? I gotta go pick up the kids, there's lacrosse practice, and then, you know, I'm going to get home. There's, there's just going to be something in the Instapot, or I'm just going to, you know, microwave those leftover tacos from, you know, Taco Tuesday. And, you know, that's going to be my night. And it's just freaking Wednesday, man. So, <laughs> and that's my original stuff. I'm not stealing that from, from George. And I don't mean to steal anything from George. That's, you know... Uh, just kind of going off of a little bit of an original joke from a much, you know, a huge overall, uh, you know, uh, set. Uh, and uh, uh, rest in peace, George. I miss you, you beautiful soul. Um, if you ever get the chance, check out his biography called Last Words. Uh, it was written by his uh, daughter and... Uh, you know, um, or I think it's partially autobiography. It's like partially autobiography and it was finished by his daughter and published by his daughter. And it's so funny. It's so funny, but you also learn a lot about the, the darker pot parts of his, uh, you know, of his life as well. Um, you know, being a stand up comedian, uh, is not the easiest life. Um, whether you're successful or, you know, going through periods of success or you're going through those down periods, 
being a stand-up is never an easy life. Um, it's a fun one. Uh, can be a fun one a lot of the times, but it's not always even that fun. Um, so anyway, it's a good book. It's a very good book. Check it out. Anyway, let's move on. So, I'm doing something experimental with this podcast because I think we need it. I need it. You need it. Um, my therapist had suggested to me that this podcast can be a conduit for me to do things that I like to do other than doing a podcast in the traditional sort of sense. And there are probably people, lots of people, who are already doing things like what I'm putting out here now. But but I haven't been. And when he said, you know, you can do uh, X, Y, Z with this too, I was like, you know, wait, wait, you, you just blew my mind. And uh, so I'm doing uh, one of those things now. And... And you're gonna like it. Uh, I hope. Um, I live for the approval of others. Um, no, I, I really do hope that you like it, though. Um, I slaved over my hot vocal cords for it. And this should be a real treat. This should be a real treat. It was for me, anyway. I really thoroughly enjoyed it. So, uh, strap yourselves in, um, because this is me singing, um, but not to fret, uh, not only can I hold a tune, but I can sing, and this isn't being braggadocious, but I can sing virtually every part. Um, my falsetto can take me to... Uh, Stratus's in soprano, and I can sing to Frytones. We call them Frytones. Uh, basses get it um, in second bass. So uh, I have a f- I have a fairly f- fun range to play with, and I enjoy playing with it. Uh, the first song that you'll be stumbling into as we are going here is uh, is a song that is called uh, and let me uh, get over to it here on my computer <laughs> the first song is called uh, Manly Men and it's from uh, the men's chorus Extravaganza and uh, the lyrics were written by Kurt Necht uh, and so this song, and just to give you a little bit of background, this song, uh, we did this when I was in choir in high school. Uh, it's a song for uh, a men's choral arrangement, and um, it sounds, it comes off as uh, derogatory um, and sexist, but it isn't. Um, it is not aimed to be so. And it that's not its intention in any way. It is a song that completely pokes fun at everything that is a men's choir. Um, and uh, all the cliches that is a men's choir. 
all the cliches of the parts of a men's choir from the first tenors, second tenors, baritones, and basses, and all the things that you kind of notice about them if you were at a uh, concert for you know a, a men's choir or a men's uh, chorus uh barbershop quartet what have you uh you would notice these things and you might kind of find a little bit of humor in them so that's the first thing that i throw out there get some uh get some of those fun juices flowing so uh give it a listen i hope that you enjoy it um and like i said in no way is this supposed to be uh in any way uh, derogatory towards uh, towards women or uh, women's choirs, uh, women's choruses. Uh, I have in concert and in my high school years, uh, you know, seen uh, and listened to uh, women's choirs, women's choruses, uh, you know, and uh, absolutely amazing sounds, amazing music. Uh, when I was in all-state choir, uh, my senior year in high school, oh, like the like the voices of angels, absolutely just something that that uh, you know men's choirs can't produce. So um, just very striking, especially um, if they have a a really nice Irish. Gaelic sort of song, huh, huh, and I uh, just, I couldn't write a song poking stereotypes, because it's just, the music is so pure, and so, just hits you right in your heart, but anyway, um, so please do enjoy this, I, I, (laughs) I was, I did so, I did some, uh, you know, a number of attempts on this one before I got it to a point where I was like, I'm ready to put this out. So, have fun with it. I had fun. We are men and we like to sing In big block chords and close harmony Our songs all sound the same And most of them are really lame. But though we may not always inspire, at least we're not a women's choir. First tenors have the highest voice, for most of us it's not by choice. Singing still at 23, like we missed our puberty. When a note turns sour, we just sing a little louder. Tight underwear's the key to sing a high C. To sing a high sea. Second tenors are not geeks. We're just first tenors with poor techniques. 
but should you love us any less? Just because we crack when we try to sing an F. We don't sing too high, and we don't sing too low, and we're not as arrogant as the first tenors we know. We just want you to love us like the rest of the Pips and Garfunkels who are second best. Baritones are by far the sexiest. Feast your ears on our vocal studliness. We'll keep on singing like we're 45 with vibratos five miles wide. If God came and took our brains away, then we would sing La Donne Mobile. are tired of roots progressions, walking bass lines, record sessions. Where all we sing is that stupid dip da dip da dip da. Shama lama ding ding. We try so hard with all our mights. To sing so low, we shake the lights. We wish we had voices like James Earl Jones or Barry White. But we're just human, our throats are hurting. And our low singing sounds more like burping. But we're the basses, we keep singing. Cause we are men and we like to sing. In big block chords and close harmony, our songs all sound the same like bad rewrites of there is nothing like a dame and though our repertoire consists of drinking songs and sailor songs and barbershop quartets we thank God every day, from our head down to our toes, that we are not sopranos or altos, or tenors. Now that last one, uh, I had tried to record in a closet, <laughs> and it was the first one that I had tried recording in a closet, and um, I I was wondering how it would turn out at the end, um, but that one I decided, you know what, good, good enough, um, its sound quality was okay, at least for a podcast level, um, and... 
and I hope that you enjoyed it. I, I truly do. Um, you know, I enjoyed it, and I sang all of those parts. Now, you can say things like, it was a little pitchy, or things like that, and I won't say that you're wrong. Um, I've never been, uh, you know, the, uh, you know, totally on pitch singer all of the time. Um, that's never been me. Uh, I am a, let me start by saying this, I am a classically trained vocalist. Um, I am somebody who has been in musicals since I was nine years old. Um, my last musical, though, was when I was 19, and I haven't gotten back into them uh, since then. Uh, community theaters kind of bother me just because I know how clicky they can be, and I know how seriously people can take community theater, and it's, it's kind of ridiculous to me. Um, people treat it as like it's off-Broadway almost, uh, or like it's their shot, <laughs> and, um, and it bothers me. Um, so I typically just steer clear, but I, but it, I do get the itch though. I, I like to get back into acting and singing and, and, uh, for whatever nitpicks you may have, it's, uh, quite obvious that I'm not tone deaf. So I can carry a tune and, uh, you know, not just in a bucket <laughs> or in a closet. Or in a closet. So, uh, the next one that I have up for you, um, and by the way, acapella is a theme here. Uh, one, because I don't have a band. Um, I don't have a band. Um, I always liked singing acapella too. Like, whenever I tried out, auditioned for shows, whether it was in high school or whether it was in community theater. I mean, unless you brought your own accompaniment, or if you brought, like, a instrumental, like, CD or tape, like, usually you were just singing acapella. And I always just sang acapella. Like, I didn't ask anybody to play something for me on a piano. I didn't bring any instrumental CDs or anything. Uh, so I would just, you know... Uh, sometimes I just winged it, <laughs> but, um, but I like singing acapella. There's something raw about it. There's something very natural about it. Uh, something almost primal about it. Um, something that people can connect to where you don't have to worry about the timing of somebody's instrument. You don't have to worry about depending on someone else, uh, you can communally, as many people, becoming a single voice, and uh, an instrument never had to be involved. Um, so, I mean, obviously, music is wonderful, we can all get into it, rock, rock to it, get down to it, whatever, uh, raise your fist, make some noise when you've got everything working. Uh, all the instruments 
and the vocalist, everything is just coming together and you are having a great time. We all have that. But when you strip everything away and all you have are human voices, nothing. Well, I guess I don't need to. I guess I shouldn't speak so hyperbolically with nothing, but there are few things that are as intimate as as scores or a few voices, ten voices, scores of voices, hundreds of voices coming together with nothing else but the voices joining as one. It's a beautiful thing. Anyway, so the next song that I decided, because I just wanted to do the ones I wanted to do. It's me. Uh, the next one I did was I'll Fly Away. Uh, and it's the rendition by Andy Griffith. My lips started getting a little dry towards the end. But anyway, it's a rendition by Andy Griffith, and it's from uh, the album. Um, uh, let me find it. It's from the album called Somebody Bigger Than You and I. So uh, I do hope that you enjoy it. Um, I have a lot of fun singing it. It's one of my favorite songs just to, just to do. Um, when I'm out and about and I just want to sing something. Uh, It's this or a random Johnny Cash song. So uh, give it a listen. Thank (laughs) Thank you for hanging out with me. Some glad morning when this life is o'er I'll fly away to a home on God's celestial shore, I'll fly away. I'll fly away, oh glory, I'll fly away. When I die, hallelujah, by and by, I'll fly away. When the shadows of this life have gone, I'll fly away. Like a bird from prison bars that's flown, I'll fly away. I'll fly away, oh glory, I'll fly away. When I die, hallelujah, by and by, I'll fly away.
Just a few more weary days and then I'll fly away To a land where joy shall never end I'll fly away, fly away! I'll fly away, oh glory, I'll fly away. When I die, hallelujah, by and by, I'll fly away. <laughs> I'm having fun! So I do really hope that you did enjoy that. Um, if you're not a religious person, um, I don't care. No, <laughs> I like that song, okay? It has a lot of meaning for me, um, you know, sentimentally, and, um, you know, and I really enjoy singing it. So, uh, and it's a, one of those ones where you can start to really, you know, bounce your knee to the beat, and you can start to, you know, slap your leg, and uh, it's a lot of fun. It's one of those, you know, gospel-y kind of songs, and you don't have to be a super religious person to enjoy the genre of gospel. Uh, the, the gospel genre is just an awful lot of fun. So, uh, and I do hope that you did have fun with it. Are you having fun? Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? I don't know if you're entertained or not. I don't know. I'm entertained. Um... I'm very amused with myself uh, at this point in time. I, I, God, I gotta be, because I slaved over hot vocal cords. Like, I really uh, gave this my all today. Um, so, uh, if anything, I hope that you appreciate that I really did work uh, on this podcast, because I, I had to put myself into it. Um, I'm I'm out of practice with the, uh, you know, well, just practicing of a song over and over again. Um, you know, there used to be days when I, you know, when I was in choir, uh, there used to be days where, you know, you just hammered out a song until you would leave, you know, uh, practice uh, you would leave the uh, period for choir, uh, you know, just with your throat just hating you for existing. <laughs> and uh, But there were also days where, um, when I was in all-state choir, um, you weren't treated as nicely as you were in, hi- in your uh, high school choir. Um, our guy, I can't, our guy who directed our choir... He was from Bowling Green. Uh, he he uh, was he was a nice fellow. I mean, he was a he was a good person, but he was like the he was a petty officer at a basic training. He was a drill sergeant. He was whatever. Uh, he expected nothing short of excellence from us, and uh, he got it from us. I mean, the day of the concert, my throat was already wanting to give up, and somehow 
it, you know that de- that just absolute demand of excellence got my throat got my vocal cords and my mental stamina everything it drew the best out of me uh you know there are there are um you know Kobe Bryant's and Michael Jordan's and uh, LeBron James, what, you know whatever uh, Peyton Manning's, whoever you would like to uh, put into the the blank there, whoever you think is a person, a leader who uh, brings out the best in people, those people exist in a lot of different fields, and uh, and uh, that particular director certainly was one. Uh, is one. I, I don't know if he retired or not. It's not like I'm following his career, but uh, he absolutely got the best from me. And uh, I believe also very much from everybody, in, or hopefully from everybody involved, uh, I would say definitely from the majority of us. So the the one that I am ending with is a song that I did not learn from either of them. Uh, I did not learn this song from my high school choir teacher. I did not learn this song in any musical I ever participated in. I did not learn this song from my Allstate uh, choir director. I learned this song when I was studying French in high school. This song, and uh, if my sister is listening, or if either of my, uh, two of my sisters who also took French, if they're listening, they'll be very excited that I did this. They'll also tell me that I didn't do as well as the, the guy who uh, actually sings this, and I would agree with them. I didn't do it as well as he does. That, but he also sang it for how long? <laughs> he sang it day in, day out, ate it for breakfast. I mean, uh, and uh, he was in, he's absolutely incredible. Uh, so, but I sang it, and I sang it in the best way that I can uh, to basically do tribute and homage to it. And I just love it. And singing in French isn't always the easiest thing to do, uh, but this is a song where uh, even at the end of it, uh, I chose not to edit this out because I, th- you know, I was so happy to bring out the best product that I could after practicing and practicing and put and finally recording those first two songs, and my my <laughs> my throat was hurting, and I had finally gotten this banger out, and uh, I I liked it. And uh, I was not willing to edit out what happened. At the end of the song, when I finished, uh, and I released the last word, um, my, my headset went flying off of my head, <laughs> and it makes this clunky noise at the end, where it just falls to the floor. And I just was like, you know what? I'm not willing to get rid of it. I'm not willing to edit that out because I want people to hear just how profound that was for me. Uh, the energy that was coming through me and the relief 
of ending that song as well as I wanted to end that song. Um, you know, and you can nitpick, of course, uh, yeah, he was pitchy there or whatever. Or if you're a, if you're a French speaker <laughs> fluently, or uh, I have listeners from Canada. I don't have any French listeners. Uh, that the demographics are not showing me that, but I do have Canadian listeners. Uh, so go ahead, mock me. But uh, I this song is in French. Uh, and I enjoyed every minute of it, and uh, so go ahead and mock some of my mispronunciations or my accent, I don't care, or if I'm pitchy a little bit in places, I feel like that's to be expected, especially after I had just banged out those first two tracks, but this is, <coughs> pardon me, my voice is tired, this is Oh, a song that just, for me, is infamous. It is called La Tom de Cathedrale, and it is uh, from Notre Dame de Paris. Um, this is the French version of it. Um, this does have an English translation. I'm not giving it to you. Um, this <laughs> We're doing the French one because I say so. Um... And it is sung by Bruno Pelletier. Um, I'm probably going to get mocked for that one too now, because I said that with too much of an American accent. It is by Bruno Pelletier. Pelletier. How's that? Pelletier. There's nothing that suggests it should be anything else. Um, but there's also, on this webpage, there's no actual accent marks anywhere. So for his name, so it just comes off as Bruno Pelletier. So, anyway, um, I gave this one a try. I'm giving it its uh, proper due um, with, uh, you know, its citation. And um, I really hope that you do enjoy it, because I enjoyed singing it. I, I <laughs> tried practicing this song, singing it, and also nailing down some of the rhythms of the song. Um, when you sing French, uh, sung French can defy and bend some of the rules of, of spoken French, and that's something that isn't very common, or actually isn't really something that actually any Romance language does, to my knowledge. Um, Italian doesn't do that. Spanish doesn't do that, really, that I know of. Um, I don't really know about Portuguese, um, but it's the only Romance language that really bends the rules for itself. Um, it's a wacky language, but it's really fun. It's why it's called the, ro the language of love, because it can bend itself over backwards to, to make you love it. <laughs> or hate it, I don't know. It can bend itself over backwards to make you fall in love. There's what there's what we need. Right? Right, Canada? French is awesome. I don't know. Wherever you come some some Canadians would say, I don't know. Those the French parts of Canada, 
I tried not to go. <laughs> Depends on which Canadian you are. <laughs> but I'm not going to get too much into that. I'm not Canadian. Um, and I'm not a French-speaking Canadian or a French-hating Canadian. I don't know. But anyway, let's not go into this anymore. The French listeners are, or the Canadian listeners are just going to hate me now. I've lost all of them. I've lost all of them. I can hear all of them just clicking to another podcast now. <laughs> Stick around. This is fun. La Tom de Cathedrale. I just mispronounced that. God. La Tom de Cathedrale. Il est venu le temps des cathédrales. Le monde est entré dans un nouveau millénaire. L'amour voulu monter vers les étoiles. Écrire son histoire dans le verre ou dans la pierre. Et après pierre, jour après jour, de siècle en siècle avec amour, il a vu si élever le tour qu'il avait bâti de ses mains. Les poètes ou les troubadours ont chanté des chansons de mots qui promontaient aux gens humains de meilleurs lendemains. Il est venu l'entente des cathédrales. Le monde est entré dans un nouveau millénaire. L'homme a voulu monter vers les étoiles. Écrire son histoire dans le verre ou dans la pierre. Il est venu le temps des cathédrales. Le monde est entré dans un nouveau millénaire. L'homme a voulu monter vers les étoiles. Écrire son histoire dans le verre ou dans la pierre. For to the Tom de Cathedral, a fool de Baba, and to part de la ville, laissez entrer ses paillons, ses vendeurs, la fool de Samond, 
Well, everybody, I do hope that you did like that. I hope that that was an adventure for you. Um, and I hope that you didn't hate my voice. Um, some of you likely did. <laughs> but uh, uh, I hope that a lot of you didn't. Um, but uh, tell me what you think. Uh, tell me what you liked. Tell me what you didn't like. Um, you can always request something. I was thinking about doing some Sinatra, which I, I can sing Sinatra just fine. Um, uh, I, tr I was trying to steer away from doing any sort of things like uh, rock songs or anything like that, um, just because I, I did kind of feel like I would need a band for things like that. So I was trying to go for choral arrangements um, and some solo songs, uh, things for musicals things where you can really uh, yeah, more easily get away with uh, acapella. So if you feel like you know songs that have, um, you know, that really do pair well with being acapella songs, uh, feel free to definitely let me know. Uh, join that discussion. I, w I plan to do these more intermittently uh, or frequently, whatever, uh, to, to pick up our souls to pick up our minds uh, so that uh, when I do things that, uh, you know, episodes that are a little bit more heavy, uh, that have gravitas to them, uh, I can throw something like this in and we can relax a little bit and we can uh, have just that moment together to, to just have that communal moment, to to remember our humanity, to be one, and um, you can sing with me uh, or feel the vibes uh, and just, you know, we can just let some stress go. Uh, and I will punish my vocal cords for it. I will put them through hell because <laughs> the reward is way better. Uh, the reward is so awesome. Uh, I love it. I love it. And I don't really mind if it's religious or if it's gospel. Uh, I don't really mind, you know, a whole lot about what the genre is or the subject matter. Um, you know, I, I just want it to be something that um, is, you know, mostly doable in an acapella sort of sense. Uh, and something that we can uh, bond over and that we can have discussions about, that sort of thing. I like that. I would really like that. So, of course, I will always have my uh, my Twitter uh, in the description. I'll always have my uh, uh, Instagram uh, available to you, and we'll always be able to carry on a discussion uh, with the link to the uh, voicemail uh, in, this, uh, in this app on Anchor. Um, I'm looking into some other, uh, you know, uh, places to, so things are definitely, uh, cooking. Um, so, um, uh, I'm just going to keep saying, so, um, so, um, so, um, <laughs> uh, I've got some ideas kicking around, uh, you know, anchor keeps on, 
uh, saying that I should start a blog for the podcast on WordPress. Uh, I've never really had too much success with WordPress, to, uh, you know, but uh, recently uh, I was listening to Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend, and he was talking about how he's taking his podcast uh, to be available on uh, on Audible, uh, as well as you know being available on Spotify and uh, and the other things, and so because uh, it's also available on Apple Podcasts, things like that, and so I was thinking maybe I can look into that, and um, it exposes you for uh, not only more listenership, but also for uh, you know advertisers and things like that. And, uh, you know, like I said, this hasn't necessarily been an ex- a, a, a really lucrative adventure. Uh, I've been doing it for a hobby's sake and also uh, therapeutically, but the idea of actually making just a little bit of money from it is sort of tempting, isn't it? I mean, you got a podcast, why wouldn't you want to make like maybe 50 bucks or something? Uh, even if it's just 50 bucks in a month. I mean, hey, it's better than nothing in a month. Um, so, uh, you know, just sort of play around. There's things out there. And, um, and I've got some other ideas um, on, the, on the burner. So just be watching out for that. Um, I also want to say that with the songs that I did, please support the official release. Um, if you liked the choral arrangement for Manly Men, which is not the version that you hear on uh, Two and a Half Men, by the way, but if you like that arrangement, I encourage you, uh, you know, if you're a choral uh, you know, teacher, uh, instructor, if you um, just really enjoyed it, you know, go online. Uh, you can purchase the, 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 you know, the, you know what I'm talking about. You can purchase the music, um, and your your choir can, your men's choir, your uh, your quartet can can easily do this, um, and it's a lot of fun. And like at the end of the concert, or you know, the end of that piece when we went, or tenors, <laughs> we uh, we had the baritones get in on that too and then the tenors acted like they were intensely upset and they tried to chase us and then we turned around and then chased them off stage so you can just have so much fun with that song it's great um it's so much fun uh and uh and of course it's just making fun of the guys the whole time uh so uh support the official release of these things. Um, find the album by Andy Griffith because it's a gem. He has so much good gospel music on that album. And that album, of course, uh, reminding you of uh, you know, what it's called. Uh, the album is called uh, Somebody Bigger Than You and I, but it's got so much just wonderful gospel music on there. And I promise you, I mean, you just didn't know uh, unless you've heard it, uh, you just didn't know that Andy Griffith had such a wonderful voice like that until you've heard it. 
I wasn't talking to you, Dallas, wherever it is you are. I can't even see him. Uh, there you are in the closet. This conversation doesn't involve you. So, <laughs> so uh, support that official release of that album. is very good. And, of course, we end it with Le Tom de Cathedral um, from the album of Notre Dame de Paris um, and sung by Bruno Pelletier. Um, support that official release. Uh, you can find it on Spotify. Uh, you can find it probably on Pandora, I would imagine. I, I don't know. But uh, I, I don't use Pandora. But you can very likely find it, uh, you know, wherever you find your favorite, you know, whatever your favorite thing is to find uh, these, uh, any music, you can likely find it. Um, so support that official release. And, uh, oh, and I'm telling you, if you watch it, oh, God, watching it is so good. The stage production of that is just wonderful. It's so, so good. And you really do get, uh, you know, it's not 100%, but uh, it is almost entirely on point on what happens in the real Notre Dame de Paris. Um, what Disney gives you is like this, everything works out, everything's so happy, and everybody ends up with who they're supposed to end up, and the gargoyles talking to papa, and it's not like that at all. It's not like that at all. There's a lot of human suffering, there's a lot of conflict, there's a lot of, um, you know, just, you gotta check it out. You just gotta check it out. Because a lot of times in these European style dramas and tragedies, there's not such a thing as an outright bad guy, and there's not such a thing as an outright good guy. Um, but you do see, oh, and there's not such a thing as the, the good guy gets the girl at the end and it all works out. Uh, there's no such thing, uh, in these, uh, in these styles. Um, it's, and, I, and if you want a good example of that, I just watched a movie on Netflix, which you may be familiar with. It's called um, I Care A Lot. And if you watch that film, uh, you'll notice this theme where no one is really a good guy. And you kind of want to root for someone, but no one really has any uh, features that are worthy of rooting for. Everybody is deeply flawed. And, and, and at the end, no one, you know, no one is there. You know, uh, it, it ends in bloodshed and pain and, and uh, no one wins. Oh, shit, spoilers. Oh, no. Oh, people are going to be mad.
I didn't give away too much, though. All I said was nobody wins and it ends in bloodshed. And pain. I didn't give up too much. That's fairly ambiguous. You'll just have to watch to see how that happens. You'll have to watch to see how that happens. I didn't spoil everything. You don't... You can't say I spoiled everything, okay? 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 Okay. You can't say I spoiled everything when I was really vague. Right? Right? Okay. Everything's right in the world now. Oh, I'm gonna get destroyed. <laughs> oh, poopy. Okay, anyway. So it's like that. It's a European tragedy, a European drama. At the end, nobody is happy. Nothing works out. Um, and you do see the just abject, just uh, torture that Quasimodo goes through, and it is um, substantially worse than than uh, anything that you see in the Disney movie. Uh, it's uh, it's substantially worse than getting a, a couple rotten tomatoes thrown at you, um, and having and and uh, having a silly little hat put on your head. Uh, it's so much worse. So, uh, check it out. Worth it. Watch it. Uh, listen to the soundtrack. Um, Esmeralda's voice is just... Uh, oh, uh, Esmeralda is just... Her voice is spectacular. Um, yeah. I, I could go on and on. So, definitely get on those things, and uh, it's been a pleasure doing this episode. Uh, it's been so different than what the norm is, and my norm is still a layout uh, format that uh, I'm, still, I'm still sculpting and creating, and I'm welcome to feedback and to uh, suggestions how you might think the show could improve. Uh, or what you might like to hear in future episodes, things like that. So uh, keep me apprised, keep me updated. Uh, let's you know keep, keep the uh, uh, keep the discussion alive on Twitter, Instagram, or uh, here with the uh, with the voicemail that you can leave on Anchor. Um, one other thing that I would ask. Um, can I ask you for something, please? Uh, if you listen to this on Apple Podcasts, please leave a review. Um, and if you leave a review, um, it doesn't hurt to five star. Um, it doesn't. It's, it doesn't hurt. Even if it's an itty bitty lie, the guys at, uh, the guys over there at Apple, like, they won't hunt you down and say, "Did you mean to five star that, or did you not really five? Like, did you not mean it? Because we'll take care of people who didn't mean it. Like, um, just if you listen to this on Apple Podcasts, uh, please like, review it, uh, please five star it. That would mean the world to me. Um, and uh, otherwise, 
Thank you so much for listening. Uh, this really was a pleasure and so much fun, and we will do this again uh, multiple times. So that's not a that's not a threat. That's a promise. <laughs> I thank you so much. My name is Jacob. This has been an episode of Jacob's Bipolar Adventures, successfully done, masterfully as always. Um, <laughs> Um, you guys all have a great day. Um, a wonderful humpty bumpty dumpty dump bump hump day, or a holy shit, it's only Wednesday day, however you choose to look at it. But, stay fresh. Why is that my sign off? I don't know. That was stupid. Kalakai! As God made her.